Hey everybody, welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today, as we jump back into deconstruction, we're going to talk about some of the common beliefs that we're dealing with and ask the question, why are these so prevalent? When I was in my cultic group years ago, our goal was basically to take over the world and convert it to our way of thinking. And people got involved in politics, we got involved in local government, people got involved in boards of different things. And the whole goal was really to just kind of like infiltrate and take over and convert everybody to our way of thinking and make the world this beautiful utopian place where we all looked the same and did the same things and followed the same rules. And when I left, I really didn't think we had succeeded. Like it felt like safe and happy. The world was a good place. I could go out and do my own thing and explore and learn and grow. And the more I learn about certain conservative Christian circles these days, I start to think maybe we were right. Like maybe we actually succeeded, which is a terrifying thought. But as I see the things that we really believed and really focused on, getting kind of mainstreamed, and it's not a good thing. And so as we're deconstructing and we're talking about deconstruction, it's shockingly amazing to me how many of the things that I grew up with really have become mainstream and many of us are deconstructing them. Even if you never experienced a ultra-conservative or cultic version of Christianity, you're still probably dealing with things like purity culture and um, strict gender roles and things like that. And so there's people, we're really just trying to figure it out. What, what is the truth? And honestly, I'm like, how did this all get everywhere? Like, what happened? Why, why is this mainstream? Why does everybody even know about this? And I was really shocked to kind of hear this from the Mars Hill podcast that I've been listening to and talking about, to learn that Mark Driscoll's church, which was made up of kind of like these indie punk people, was still very much into these gender roles and the idea that men are leaders and women are submissive and women don't work outside the home and they were really pro-homeschooling and stuff like that. And I was like, wait, what? Really? Why? How did this happen? The idea that men were supposed to fit this narrow view of manhood and women were supposed to fit a very narrow view of womanhood was just kind of shocking to me. And then the episode with with, uh, Josh Harris, as he's talking about the church that he pastored, and I was like, oh my goodness, here we go again, this expectation of homeschooling and of these strict gender roles and just this purity culture thing. And I know that purity culture went everywhere. That that got very mainstream in the 90s and early 2000s. And so many of you guys growing up in evangelical youth groups still experienced some version of purity culture. And maybe it wasn't the extreme uh, courtship style of purity culture that I experienced and everything like that. But there was still a very rule-based idea of what it looked like to date and to save sex for marriage and all that kind of stuff that I know many of us are really just struggling with right now and deconstructing and trying to figure out what really is truth and how does this fit into our understanding of who God is. I find it really interesting as I think about humans and how we tend to fall into the same patterns. I am not somebody who thinks that we're really evolving in a good way. (laughs) We might be changing, but it's not uh, healthy, not a good way. And so it's funny to see that just so much of this goes round and round and round. Like so many of this 
things that we're trying to control, things that we're trying to create is just something that we've been trying to create for years as humans. We're trying to create a utopian place where things fit our view of what right and wrong is. And we're trying to control other people to get them to follow our idea of what the world should be. And we're trying to make order out of chaos apart from God. It's like we know this place is broken. And so we're trying as best as we can to make it fixed. And yet our rules and our formulas and the way that we control people, it really doesn't work. It's never going to be a healthy scenario because we can't fix it. Like we can't fix it. We need a savior. We need Jesus Christ to be the one that restores it. And yet it's interesting to me to see that we understand that it's broken and that we want to fix it. And I think that our fixation on rules and standards and ideas of what's right and wrong really comes down to the idea that we're trying to control and we're trying to protect and we're trying to save ourselves from the brokenness that's around us. And it's not going to work because rules don't work. The law doesn't work. It doesn't work. We need more than that. And it'll never be enough to redeem our broken hearts. It will never be enough to really truly save us from ourselves. And I think we're kind of seeing that right now. As we're all just deconstructing and reconstructing these beliefs, there's a lot of us who are just really seeing like this, this broken religion doesn't work. It might claim that it's going to work, but it doesn't. And so I just kind of want to talk through some of this stuff today. Not so much like, what do we do about this? But th- these are these ideas and where do they come from and why, why are we like this? And maybe we need to do something about it. So I know that the purity culture and gender roles is one of the biggest things out there right now that is being deconstructed and reconstructed. And it's out there on social media and there's various people that I've seen talking about just either, you know spiritual abuse, gender roles, and purity culture is like one of the biggest things right now that we are dealing with. I love it. I'm glad that we're talking about this kind of stuff. I'm glad that we're stepping in and asking these questions. Because like I said, I think a lot of our religious Christianized ideas have come from a place of trying to preserve ourselves, our families, trying to protect, like we see the brokenness and we're scared of it. Um, Purity culture, really, the motives were good. Like they were trying to protect kids from things that were going to harm them, whether it's venereal diseases or just the brokenness emotionally that multiple relationships can bring. And yet at the same time, when you replace it with a bunch of strict rules and then you tag on these promises, if you do this, this, and this, if you don't have sex before marriage, and if you save this and that and the other thing for marriage, you're going to have this great marriage and a great sex life. Well, that doesn't always work. I mean, there's a lot that goes into having a great sex life and you can't just guarantee that you're going to do it right because you didn't have sex before you got married. I mean, there's a lot more that goes into that. But the idea of like, we can promise you these things if you follow these rules. (sighs) But that's brokenness. That's broken human religion every time. And people fall for it (laughs) every time. That's what people joined my cult. They wanted success and blessings and they were scared. They were scared of the brokenness of this world. And here was this guy promising answers. And it's going to happen. People are going to fall for that every time. And so I think about, you know, whether it's Mark Driscoll or... Josh Harris or any of these guys who are promising a result for following rules, people are always going to buy into it because we are longing for restoration. We know that it's broken and we want to fix it. And I think everybody feels that way, whether they are willing to admit it or not. Like it's there in our humanity. We understand 
this world's broken and we long to fix it and we long for our lives to be fixed and we long for security and confidence that it's going to be okay. Problem is we're never going to find that in human rules. So as we look at the purity culture, I think we really just need to look at it as people who are trying hard to protect and yet because it was about rules and behaviors and formulas, it didn't work. And that to me doesn't mean that the premise was wrong. I really do believe that God designed in an unbroken world, in a perfect world, that sex would be between a married man and woman. However, we don't live in a perfect world. And so it's messy and it's broken and things don't go according to God's plan. And yet we made it to be like sex before marriage was this ultimate sin of like horror of horrors. And there was no way to redeem yourself. And we just destroyed people. We destroyed people and we made promises that we couldn't keep. And so, yes, I still believe that the Bible really teaches that. Maybe old fashioned, but that is what I believe. I don't think that it's healthy for us to jump to the opposite conclusion and just decide that we can be free because there's not any good fruit there either. But the hard part is that we're, we're really looking at a place of how do I do this in a way that respects myself and respects others and honors God. And it's because I love God and I love others and I love myself. And so therefore I'm making these choices for myself, but I'm not necessarily imposing rules on others like that. You can't, you can't control someone's relationship with God. We can control them with rules. We can control them with fear and we can control them with formulas, but you can't control somebody and their own relationship with God. And I think once again, it's just one of those things where we don't really trust the Holy Spirit. We don't think that he's big enough to convict people and to teach them what right and wrong is and to really just give them just a sense of conviction. And so we just jump in there with our rules. And just like the Pharisees, that doesn't work. Does not work. And so we're left with a whole bunch of people who are broken by their experiences and broken by the lack of follow through, their expectations, the promises that were made, the formulas that were set up that didn't work. And we're left with people who are just have a broken understanding of what sex is and who they are as a person and their worth. And it's messy. And so we're really deconstructing this. But I just think we have to look at what's behind it. Like, where did we, how did we get here? And I do think it really, it comes down to that brokenness in our world. And the same with their strict gender roles. Like when you look at these conservative churches and even not so conservative, that's the part that gets me. I just am like, where did this come from? Like, how are we here? How is there these churches that I wouldn't consider to be conservative and yet they are still believing in these very strict ideas of what it looks like to be a man and a woman? And the more that I look into this and the more that I just research and pray and read the read the word, I don't I don't think there's these strict gender roles that we think there are. I think we have created something based on a culture we don't understand. I think that we have very narrowly looked at certain passages of scripture without looking at the overall themes and the overall stories. And I think you're gonna see, if you really look at the whole Bible, you're gonna see a spectrum of what it looks like to be a man or a woman. And that's biblical. That's okay. You're going to have men who are more effeminate and you're going to have women who are more masculine. And that's okay. I mean, Deborah, the prophetess, what are you going to do about Deborah? I mean, I like, I like how they say, oh, she was only there because there's no good men leaders, but that's, that's not true. There was Huldah the prophetess and she was there with many other men who were prophets. And you look at Gideon and he was just scared and shy and really not sure what he thought. And yet God picked him and used him to lead an army. And so 
I really think we need to let go of these these gender roles. And yeah, as we try to figure out what does it mean to be a man, what does it mean to be a woman? Do we let go of the idea that there is male and female? No, I don't think we do. And yet at the same time, we open our eyes to say that women don't have to just be quiet and submissive and calm and peaceful and not a leader. And we, we say that men don't have to just love, you know, manly things like sports and dirt bikes and guns. Like we can open it up our mind and our hearts to just say, hey, God makes people different and that's okay. And once again, I think it comes down to our just desire for preservation and our desire for protection and our desire to make the world right. We fall for these rules every time because we have this longing for wholeness. And we can sense that there is brokenness. And so we are trying to fix it on our own and it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so I just want to encourage you guys as you and many of us try to figure out what does it look like? What does it really mean to be holy, to follow Jesus with my sexuality? What does it mean to be a man or a woman who loves the Lord? What does it mean to really follow his understanding of gender? Like, I would just encourage you guys, as always, just to invite the Holy Spirit right into that and just really dig into scripture, but don't just dig into the way that you always heard it before. Like, take the time to really look in, to find just culture and history and author intent and all that kind of stuff. Look at the whole whole Bible. Look at the whole themes throughout scripture. And it's kind of amazing. It's kind of amazing to see. And so as we are just really pushing back on some of this religious stuff, I just want to encourage you guys, try to, <laughs> uh, it's so hard, but just try to stay away from being cynical. Like I just, I, I, I go there myself. Like I get this and I get frustrated and I get cynical, but just realize that God is up to something. He has not left us and he is pushing back too. Like he, this is, this is from him. I really believe this whole deconstruction, reconstruction thing is from the Holy Spirit that he is working to reform and revive his church in a beautiful way. And let's not forget that we've been asked to be salt and light. We are not to just put our lamp under a basket and hide and protect ourselves and try to stay safe in this crazy broken world where we're scared. It's not what we're meant to do. We're meant to shine. We're meant to get out there. It doesn't matter. This world's not our home. Who cares? Who cares if we're safe or not? And we're meant to be salt. We're meant to be somebody who draws people to the living water. To be someone that people are like, what is up with you? You are so weird. Like, that's okay. Because then we can say, yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's Jesus. And then you have a chance to draw people to that living water, which is Christ. And he's the only one that has any of the answers. We can't fix this place on our own, guys. But Jesus can fix one person at a time. He's really good at it. And that's what he wants to do. So don't give up. Don't land there in cynicism and disillusionment and despair. Like God is not done. He is moving. And I really believe that all of this whole rethinking of things is from him. So just encourage you guys, keep going. And until next time, as always, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylindwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.